Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. It's 818 so I can hit record. <laughs> I just found out something I never knew about you, Mike. What? That you don't like the number 17. Oh, I hate 17. Weird. I hate 17. It is the, out of the infinite number of numbers there are, yep. 17 is the devil. Why do you feel, I? yeah, I want to know more. Say more. I think like if I had synesthesia, it would look like hell to me. I, it's like there was a time when I was in like third or fourth grade and I think I was at Tracy Fishbein's Bat Mitzvah okay. and there was something where you had to guess a number between one and a hundred to win a prize at the Bat Mitzvah mm-hmm. and I thought the number 17, I didn't have the guts to yell it out when everyone else was yelling things because I'm not a big yeller Right. and it was 17 and I lost the gift uh-huh. and so not only have I never forgiven myself, but also I cursed the number 17 <laughs> In that moment. And ever since then, whenever a 17 pops up, like, it's never really done me any favors. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so 17 is a prime number. Yes. Right? Um, I've never thought a lot about it. I don't really remember being 17 super well. I don't really have any attachment to the number. Like, I don't have any feelings one way or another about it. Um, do you have numbers that you really like that you gravitate towards yeah well before this when i said is it okay if we start on 818 you were like yeah but we should talk about the 18 on the pod Uh so what is the 18 for you well 18 is just nine right because it's one plus eight um and nine is one of my favorite numbers i've always loved nines and threes nines oh sure yeah I dig nines and three, and you're a threes guy, right? Yeah, because if you if you put a three in a mirror and they kiss, that's an eight. <laughs> Do you know what your number is? Thirty three. But your numerological, because my friend Lucy just told me, and I never knew this. My number is five, which is all of the digits of my birthday, my birthday month and year all added up together, and then you know boiled down to its essence is a five. I'm a five. Do you know what you are? Thirty three. I'm a. I'm one of the power numbers. My mom oh. and dad. No, who gave me the book? I got a numerology book when I lived in Chicago. And when I was bartending at Second City, I would bring the book into the back bar and I would read everyone's numerology charts while we would have the downtime between rushes at Second City. And so we all knew our numerology charts. And uh, I'm th- I my hockey number growing up was 33. My email has a 33. And then it turns out that my numerology number is 33. But three plus three is six. Right, but in numerology, if it's 11, 22, or 33, those are standalone structures outside of the adding those numbers together situation. Interesting. Yeah. I so, did not know this. So before I even knew that that was my thing, it's always been my thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but well, 17, a, a curse upon it. But what's five mean? Do you know what five means? I will look it up right now because I she told me a bunch of stuff and then just like it does always with me, it slides right out of my head. Like people have read my chart so many times and told me all of the stuff about my sun and rising and moon and start, and I just, it literally leaks out my ear. Um, supposedly number five uh, represents very beautiful 
beautiful people who have a charismatic aura, who are quite fun-loving, zealous, and cheerful, which is why people love to be around and spend time with them. Did you write this? I just read that off the first Google hit that I got out of um, 20 billion, 160 million results in 0.063 seconds. Mm -hmm. That was the first one. So I'm going to go with it. Yeah, that's the one. (laughs) Don't question Google. Oh, uh, just one step down. It says, the number five usually indicates someone who is full of energy, but unable to channel it responsibly. (laughs) Well, I would go with that second result as well. (laughs) That's a little caveat. Yes, I sometimes do have trouble making great choices, but not always. And I'm fairly responsible and I'm very productive. So, uh, so true. I'm going to go with the beautiful, fun, loving, zealous and cheerful. And sometimes a scattershot in the most fun way imaginable. Absolutely. You never knew you were going to have the adventure that you have with me until you're fucking having it and it's too damn late. (laughs) <laughs> and also no regrets on it. I will say every time you've been like, this is what we're doing and here's why we're doing it. Yeah. By the time I'm saying, okay, you're already throwing me into the swirl of that experience. You're already on Zuma Beach at two in the morning. Fucking right. And great. <laughs> yeah. I'm better for it. So Thank what you. up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? So, so good. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everyone. This is a podcast about comedy. Cannabis. Culture. Cooking. Calling shit out. And pride. Pride. Yep. Yeah, in a lot of different layers to that, right? Yes. Happy yeah. Pride Month, everyone. It is the best, most bright, beautiful uh, month of the year, which belongs to all of our friends in the fucking queer community. And I'm so excited to like just, you know, celebrate all of you all month long. Shout out to my brother. Shout out to his husband, uh, Matthew and Patrick. I love you both. Yeah. So keep it simple. Keep it clean. That's just what's up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I do want to say, because this is our 301st episode, Yes. We may as well go back to the beginning with how we started with this podcast. There's no video this week on YouTube because just like our first episode, we're kind of back in your living room recording with our old equipment uh, because we were both out of town and so we weren't able to schedule in studio for this episode. So we will be back on YouTube next week with video, smoking, hanging, snacking with a really cool guest. Um, but for now, we are a loose moose company from West Hollywood uh, with Archie and Bobo in residence. And yeah, just hanging out for a, for a moose this week until, yeah, like you say, we can get back into our studio and God, please help us. Come back, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> Where Mark. are you? We need you. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think, I, I think he wasn't busy. I think yeah. he just needed us to know how fucking important he is to us by saying, I can't make it this week. Yeah, so sorry. You're going to have to like swim with the sharks again for a minute and remember uh, how great it is to actually have uh, all the help that he gives us. So thank you, Mark. And um, we miss you. (laughs) Yeah. So we have a lot of topics to cover this week. Uh, Do you want to talk more about pride? Do you want to talk about Montreal while I eat some of your Canadian chocolate? Where do you want to go first? I don't know. That all sounds very scheduled and serious, but definitely I would love to talk about Montreal. I'm sorry. You know why it's all scheduled and serious for me? Why is that? And why I'm like... I'm, I'm all disciplined. Yeah. It's because it's dry June for right. me. And so my, because I um, was on the road for the past two months, touring, stand-upping, partying. Uh-huh. I mean, whiskey galore, vodka for days, weed, edibles, tinctures, dabs, a little bit of mushroom, a lot of the time. Like, you know what I mean? And so I was like, yo, got to give the bot a break. Yep. It's dry June. Yes. And the a part of being completely sober and clear on a tolerance break, on an alcohol break, on an everything break, is now I'm like, well, let's plan the minutes. Okay, are we going to talk about Montreal right now? And then we'll get to the news, and then we will... So it's not a loose moose, it's a it's a uh, tight elk. <laughs> With 
Mike, who is on his tolerance break for the month, everything is pretty rigid over here. <laughs> pretty structured without the without the weed part. We've got the grub. We've got the snacks. Yeah. But uh, yeah, here it's we are a doing a tight elk. We're doing a tight elk. <laughs> so we can talk about Montreal. <laughs> Where I was not a tight elk, I was very loosey goosey all over that city. Yeah, it looked fucking amazing. The food oh. game in Montreal, I had no idea. Oh my god, everything in Montreal. The vibe of that entire city is just so fucking juicy and sexy and you know what? Funded the arts. <laughs> like oh, yeah. the first night I got there. So uh, I went to theater school in Montreal. My best friend Allison lives in Montreal. And I was like, I had to decompress after Newfoundland. So I did a three day stopover and she just put out every fucking red carpet uh, like for me. She took me to every amazing place to eat and all of her cool friends. We all hung out in various ways doing cool stuff and it was awesome. But the first thing she did, she picked me up from the airport and we went and had this incredible meal of this crazy mortadella sandwich with some burrata pasta. I don't know. And Whoa. then we had to walk it off and we walked down to Place des Arts, which was at the center of um, a festival because Montreal in summer is like festival time. There's like the jazz festival festival and the fireworks festival and the blues festival and the comedy festival and the fucking you know theater festival and this was a festival called the festival des arts trans amerique i think i'm not sure i'm getting it wrong but there was this big piece that was at the center of it that was free for everyone and the whole square was just packed full all ages watching this piece take place that was called Holocenes that was a comment on climate change and it was this huge tank that just kept filling up and emptying with water and these performers were inside this tank just interacting with various aspects of daily life so the first person was just sort of like cleaning and she was like a you know like had a kerchief tied around her head and a bucket and a mop and she was just sort of like you know doing some cleaning and then the whole thing flooded and then she was like swirling and swimming and tumbling and and it just kept emptying and filling we were watching her do this sort of like ballet and then uh, she, when she finished the next person came in and he had a garden hose and he was like tangled up in it and fighting with it and it was flooding and emptying and it was really moving and beautiful and somewhere kind of between like a theatrical installation and an actual piece of like narrative theater um, and dance but the coolest thing for me was just sitting in this kind of like quietly reverent square packed with people all just there to see this art without anyone being on their phone or taking selfies in front of it like the the arts the the arts audience in in Montreal just feels different because they are accustomed to art all the time because the arts are so funded there and they're just always happening it just felt exciting and I like rekindled my fire for that kind of work in a really deep way I was just gonna say it sounds like it lit a flame inside you it did you know I feel like that flame is like on a, on a low burn sometimes especially like it's funny because the LA is so full of incredible people making cool shit all the time but then everyone here is also working so hard that it can feel a little ground down you know like it can feel a little um stressed and stretched and that just felt like I don't know uh I don't even know how to describe it did you it. like that piece of art like it sounds to me like a huge vat that is filling and unfilling with water yeah. while somebody is ironing sounds like it has so many levels to it that I'm like, oh, that is a perfect, simple idea that shows an entire world of like 
thought behind it. It was very beautiful, and it was also it. I feel felt a little disconnected from it. Like Allison, Allison's an incredible director, and we were talking about how you know part of it was like, oh, it's really interesting to look at, but then something you're left a little wanting to you know have a little more struggle or conflict or story within what was happening. But then the piece was five hours long, and I only saw like the first hour and a half of it. So I I'm not sure how I didn't stay for the full five hours, so I can't speak about the whole piece. But I admired it greatly. I admired that these actors were in this water sort of interacting with their environment in this really fucking cool way and uh I don't know I just want to make stuff and I want to be in stuff and around stuff and supporting people who are making stuff so you know that plus everything everywhere all at once those two pieces sort of bookended because I saw that movie everything everywhere all at once with you right before I left for Newfoundland and then that piece was in Montreal right before I came back so I feel like there's just fucking hope for me in the world with great art being made you know 100 percent. and yeah. I would also say uh, Roxanne Gay, for anyone listening who fancies themselves a writer, uh-huh. she just posted that um, she is taking submissions through Roxanne Gay books for unagented writers who oh. are looking to submit for short stories, poems, anything for funding, for grants, when it comes to any type of writing, for any idea behind it. Fuck yes. Send Hit up Roxanne, uh, former guest of the show, because she is looking for new voices right now. Get around the gatekeepers. Fuck yes. Yo, get around the fucking gate. <laughs> you know, this might be a tight elk, but we're still here to demolish the system. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like I think, you know, one of the, one of the reasons that uh, I love getting high with you and just doing stuff is that like it just, it fills up my my soul and restores me to the place that I feel like I'm happiest, which is, you know, thinking about things in a creative uh, way. And, you know, seeing great art is is the ultimate thing that really helps me do that, you know? Well, and, well, like, like, think the about hardest... the world in ways that I need to. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. But I think the hardest thing to do is start. Mm-hmm. And then the hardest thing to do is keep going. Right. And then the hardest thing to do is finish it. You just said the hardest thing is three different things. <laughs> right. And it's all hard. Right. But you got to start, right? Start what? Any piece of art. Anything yes. that's I'll like start burning it, inside you. you. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it might not be what you thought it was going to be, but right. it will end up exactly how it should be. Right. And I think that, um, I think that the, how can I say it? Something I'm noticing because it feels like America is only being filled up with water right now and everyone is swirling all the time. There yeah. is no like rescinding of that tide. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's hard to start anything. Yeah, well, you, uh, great point. Yeah, I, I mean, everyone I love is who makes things. When I look at all of their uh, things that they're making, their reactions to all the shitty stuff that's happening right now. But that's you know that's just what we're all having to make because stuff is shitty, and that's just as important as you know making making beautiful things that are pretty and fun to look at. Right, so. man. Do you remember when Trump got elected? No. And I, I re- oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. What are you talking about, Mike? <laughs> I know I remember it so well because it was the same night that weed was uh, made legal in California. Yeah. So sorry to interrupt you. Go it ahead. was no, but I, I feel like I, I I remember when I was on Twitter, I unfollowed like twenty plus people uh-huh. who were all like, "This might be the worst time, but the art that's going to come out of it is going to be incredible." And I was like, right. "Shut the fuck <laughs> up!" Fuck you. And none of them have made any art. I've checked up on them. Nah, they right. they ain't making shit. They're just you know out there like the rest of us. So, right. Anyway, yeah. it's yeah. a weird way to try and paint a silver lining on the outside of the terrible clouds that's approaching and going to destroy your homes. You're like, but the art that's going to come out of it. It's like throwing glitter in a tornado, huh? (laughs) (laughs) But the art. (laughs) You're getting sucked up into the eye of the tornado and you're like, I look fabulous. I look amazing. The art. uh." (laughs) 
<laughs> hey, speaking uh, of everything everywhere all at once, something yes. I wanted to share with you while you were out of town and I had a couple of days back here in LA, I went to a handful of movies okay. and just sat in my corner seat. Yep. Um, I saw the Top Gun premiere and brought a bunch of select edibles. Shout out to Select. Really good edible. Fast acting. Powerful punch. Um, and I also saw the Doctor Strange movie and brought a vape. I can't remember. Capetta gave it to me. <laughs> No wonder I can't remember it because it's good. Yeah. Um, but what I've noticed with movies right now, because they're all like five and a half hours long, they're also on stoner time, which I'm fucking loving because I was late to every movie, but there's a half hour of commercials, some Amazon Prime show that nobody's ever going to watch that, that really you've got to like do. Nicole Kidman commercial that, where you have to <laughs> watch her walk around in a sparkly pantsuit and be like, movies are amazing. Don't you agree? They're I don't, so amazing. I don't want anyone in the theater with me for this commercial. I'm going to sit alone <laughs> the way movies are intended to be watched. Yes. Look at me in my amazing pantsuit talking to all of you people about how amazing everything is. <laughs> Get me out of here. Um, yeah. And I just like went to see like an 830 movie. I rolled in at 8. 40 movie didn't start till 9 15 and i was like thank you amc for starting your movies on stoner time okay. i'm much appreciation to the three hour commitment i have to make and i can be late as fuck and i can bring all my snacks yeah. and uh whenever i get there i'm not missing anything yet stoner time stoner time i listen i appreciate that i i did not watch any movies on stoner time while i was away but i did have a stoned viewing experience that i will share with you that was so i'd been with my mom all day which is you know i needed some weed after that and i stowed some the last time i was at home i'd gone to uh, a dispensary in my hometown and i'd bought some beverages like really like, canned uh, there was a houseplant drink and then some other drink. And so I had a couple of drinks that were THC infused and they'd kept. It was great. So I drank those and I was back at my Airbnb and I was like, I'm going to unwind and just watch like a nature documentary. And I chose a documentary narrated by Sir David Attenborough mm. that was about the Arctic. And I should have known. I should have known. You know, nothing's going well right now. Climate change is a, is a real fucking mess. And uh, and nobody's having a good time in the Arctic. And um, it ended with one of the worst scenes that I have ever seen with walruses who uh, basically have to all clamber onto this one bare patch of rock um, and they're fighting for space. And some of them are like climbing way up too high on the rock. And then they're doing like a uh, fucking midsummer style <gasps> jumping off the rock and crashing these walrus bot. And, you know, it shows this. I mean, they have to. They have to show this kind of yeah, really because there's not enough because of climate change, right? Because yes. there's not enough there's, there's not, not enough, enough land. space, and these walruses oh. are, and this is happening evidently all over all over the Arctic. Um, and it was so intense, and I was holding a pillow, screaming, I think. And um, anyway, after that uh, ended, I was to- I was uh, oh god, and so I watched Happy Madison <laughs> to oh, take great. to take the pain away. Yes, listen. I mean, there's a bunch of sexist bullshit about that movie, but fuck, it's funny. And it's great. So good. Thank you, Adam Sandler, for giving me uh, 98 minutes of relief after I watched a bunch of walruses, basically. Um, Yeah, anyway, I I don't need to go on about it, but it was very, very painful. But I I was like, oh, happy Madison. Yeah. Anytime something traumatic happens, just turn on Sandler and he can go, whoa, boobity, And you're like, thank you, buddy. Soothed my stoned brain. And I was able to actually sleep that night. Yeah. Man, yeah, when he takes those hockey slap shot golf swings. I mean, he gets beaten to shit by Bob Barker. It's... (laughs) That's right. Fantastic. <laughs> um, ah. uh, thank you for that warning about that documentary. Oh, it's. I mean, it's. You know, we need to be watching this stuff, and it's very fucking important to pay attention to. So, um, not not trying to say don't watch it, but just be. You know, like, uh, 
have a pillow to hug and a dog to pet. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But as two people who have um, familial problems. Sure. It's yeah. it's not the unwind you're looking yeah, for. Yeah. Not like don't spend a day with your mom and then watch that. Yeah. If you have, uh, yeah. If yeah. you're not... Super. Have you guys seen the new Praying Mantis documentary? <laughs> I, uh, I I just want to watch something and see some nature. Yeah, yeah. great. That's a comforting one. She eats them at the end, I think. <laughs> she fucks them and then she eats them. Wow. Great. I, and it's, oh, is that another mom doc? Yeah. Anyway. Mm. No, that's a sex doc. Yeah. 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 Yeah, the mom docs are, I don't even know. I'm sure there are problematic moms in, in, in nature. Um, Do you think those males know that they get they're going to get eaten at the end? They've um, got to by now. It's got to be generational trauma, right? Where you know. I think the word know, is out. I think the word's got to be out. I've, if yeah, if you're like, "Where's Dan?" and it's like, "Yo, Betty ate him." Yeah. Like you're gonna be a little like, I don't care how horny I am. Right. I'm not. You're not doing it. I'm not sticking it in to then get ate. You would be a celibate praying mantis. I'd be think? an incel mantis. An incel mantis. <laughs> okay. Of course. Okay. Do you know Logan's Run? Did you ever come across that sci-fi? I've never heard of before it. Before your time. Yeah. Movie book first, then movie. Uh, kind of not great movie. Very fucking weird book. But cult, cult favorite, fan favorite, where you ascend to like the next level or whatever when you're a certain age. I think it's 30 maybe. Um, and basically, you know, they're killing you. Like they're, you know, once you get to a certain age, they off you. So that like, you know, the, the it keeps the society super, super young. And you have this like glowing stone, I think, implemented imp- implanted in your hand or something that changes the color. And then when it's like a certain color, you have to go oh. to the uh, ceremony. I'm totally fucking butchering this. And anyone who knows Logan's Run is screaming right now. But um, they don't know. I mean, nobody knows. They all think that, like, they've got them fooled, right? So yeah. they all think, like, they're going. So maybe that's it. Like, all the praying mantises are like, oh, yeah, man. Like, you're going you're gonna to do it. And then you're going to, like, go to the, like, next level. And it's really cool. And they I don't bet know you're that right. they're just going to, like, get eaten. Right? And then their head gets ripped off yeah. by two fucking uh, guillotine claws. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I bet you're right. Maybe. I bet you there's, like, some kind of mantis heaven yeah. that has been propagated by, like, the... yeah. Whatever, whoever is in the, who is the government of the bug world? <laughs> probably, probably moths. Yeah, uh, maybe bees. You know, someone with wings. Someone with wings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody who can oversee. Sure. For sure. Oh, I bet you're so right. <laughs> yeah, they the, the propagandized it. So they're like, no, it's going to be fine. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. You're going to, you're going to, it's going to be like Valhalla. You're going to get a bunch of virgins and uh, constant feasts. <laughs> <laughs> and all of the females are like, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Y'all mm-hmm. can think whatever you want to think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care. I'm hungry. I'm horny. And let's go. <laughs> That's awesome. In that case, I definitely would fall for it. Yeah. yeah there's no way I wouldn't. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, can I say one more thing about my movie experience? Yes. Um, I was so high on those select gummies. Mm-hmm. And the popcorn at the theater I was at, it doesn't matter the name because if you don't live in LA, it's not going to be cool. Mm-hmm. But um, the popcorn was all... The uh, the kernels where it has like the round butt and then the flowery top to it. Do you know what I mean by that? Like where it's like the kernel has the roundness at the bottom and the pop is at the top. And you can, I pulled so many perfect, I'm so high, or I was so high. I pulled so many perfect handfuls of popcorn triangulation where it was the perfect handful and the, all of the pieces 
fit together like math and it fit perfectly in my mouth and every single pull was like perfect triangulation on the popcorn and i have been waiting to share that with you for like weeks now because it was so satisfying weird okay do you know what i'm talking not about? not at all you don't it sounds okay. totally strange to me i have no idea i mean i know wait, how do you eat popcorn just i don't look at it or think about how it fits together in my hand i just put it in my mouth oh i play dumb games in my head the whole time where like i'm trying to fit kernels together in like geometric beauty yeah no no you just shovel yep damn yeah damn yeah i wonder how everyone eats popcorn out there like i wonder if anybody (laughs) like how many fingers do you use when you pull out of the bag i use between i use either my first my thumb and first two fingers Mm -hmm. or i use all five like a claw machine and then i try and find these like beautiful poles where all of the kernels fit tightly together okay and then I put them in my mouth, and it's like a really satisfying game that I play with myself while I watch the movie. Wow. Not you. Nope. Am I? I can't be alone. Well, somebody I feel like you're on some DM fucking us. popcorn spectrum. Like, I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. You sound completely insane to me. I do. I, yes, you sound insane. Like, I put my hand in the bag, I pull out a handful, and I put my hand to my mouth like this, and I eat the popcorn. That's how I do. You are truly on some special popcorn fucking, I don't even know. I, can we do an Instagram poll? Sure. And I don't, I don't even know how the wording would make sense to anyone who has How do you listened. eat your popcorn? Everyone's going to be like, what the fuck is this? I mean, how do I eat my popcorn? With my hand in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Oh man. Wow. Wow. No well, idea. I was so excited to share that with you, but it's falling on, um, deaf ears yeah unsympathetic for sure i don't know what that's about like how do you put on your pants one leg at a time i don't know yeah you know what and you're like no i lie on my back and i put my legs in the air and then i wiggle my feet until they tippy toe into the ends and then i pull them over my hips and i jump up and i say shazam and i'm like truly you're the only one on the planet you're the only one on the planet who does that. And everyone else is like, yeah, no one puts their pants on like that, Nobody dude. puts their pants on like that. No one thinks about their... I'm in the pop- locker room yeah. laying on my back. <laughs> Doing some like, weird... Everyone's like, yeah, Mike and his popcorn and his... The weird way he puts on his pants. He's very strange. I'm going to start an Instagram account called Popcorn Geometry. Okay. And every time I pull out the perfect popcorn, I'm uh-huh. going to snap a pic of it and post it to Popcorn Geometry at Instagram. I hope I'm wrong. I'm sorry that I'm dunking on it so hard. I've just never heard of such a thing. So It doesn't um, mean that it's not cool. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not awesome. I'm just... Yeah. Okay. Can I show you my notes? It says popcorn triangulation in my notes for this episode. Uh, I believe you. I believe you. I fully believe you. I just don't think about eating techniques that much. I get it. It's just, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've had to grow up because I was like an only child for a really long time. How long? Um, four years. The first four years of my life. And then when my brother came into existence, I was immediately like, still going to treat it like an only child. Okay. Like, you know look at me motherfuckers you know what i mean so i would say i have only child brother syndrome Uh, yeah only childitis only childitis it's so funny because i feel like four years isn't that long but i guess it's long enough for you to be a fully formed human and then you're like who the fuck is this guy yeah exactly (laughs) exactly and not only that but like for those four years i was you know 
pretty important to my parents. Sure. You know, they're pretty like into me. You were pretty important after your brother came along, too. Yeah, for yeah. sure I was. You just felt, like, slighted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, any time I would say something like popcorn triangulation and, yeah. like, be into it, these would be the games that I would play in my head to be entertained uh-huh. because I was an only child or I felt like one for so long. And so my whole life, I've just played these, like, weird little head games inside myself that I've never felt comfortable talking about until I met you. Yeah. And now I'm even more uncomfortable. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, um, no, 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 no. But you know what I mean? Like, I have all these, like, weird games that I play in my head. And then I bring them up to someone. And I'm not saying popcorn is a great example of it. I wish I could think of another one. But there are so many times when I'm like, yeah, like, you know how I do, like, we all do this, this, and this. And then somebody's eyes will just go glassy. And they'll be like, what the fuck are you talking right. about? And I'm like, oh, I thought that was, like, a thing that we do as humans. Right. Like we all agree this is the color blue and right. we all agree that we do this with how we eat apples or popcorn Exa- or whatever oh, it is. I got one. Okay. Yeah. So anytime I walk by someone and they trip, I pretend, I think that I did that to them with my mind or my beautiful looks. Uh, okay. And I'm like, ooh, I got in your energy and I tripped up your energy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Or like if I like, you know, if I see somebody across the way and they, you know, they slip or something like mm-hmm. a, on the other side of the sidewalk, I always imagine that my energy and presence is the one that knocked them off their rocker because it was too powerful. <laughs> That is such a little kid, only childitis, fucking yeah. like, yeah, I matter. Oh, yeah. Look at me. You're all the way over there, but you couldn't walk past me without tripping. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I, I do I do relate. I, I had only childitis, um, I guess, in a sense, because my sister was 11 years older. Oh, oh, that's right. So she probably had super only childitis because I showed up when she was 11 and she was like, who the fuck is this? But she loved me so much right away. But then she moved out when I was five. So then I had basically the rest of my whole time, she like moved out and, and also very far away. So I was, it was just really me and my um, house with my folks. And I used to play weird games. Um, one of them was that I could, like way before magic eye posters, if something had a pattern in it, I could focus my eyes to make it 3D. Were you ever able to do that? That sounds really cool. I've never tried. It was, I felt like a magic power. Yes. Like I could take, if I could stare at wallpaper long enough that had a pattern of roses on it or something, I could pull it off the wallpaper and make it hang in the air between me and the wall. Is this your imagination? No, creating? I could, you I could, I, do I could it. actually see it in a 3D way. It was sort of me like relaxing or squeezing the muscles behind my eyes to make an optical illusion for my brain, I guess. That's really neat. So I guess I understand the popcorn triangulation a little bit better with you explaining to me, how you were playing. Yeah, I get yeah, it. it. Yeah, it's like little kid, inner child I can see weird games. wallpaper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I support your wallpaper, Mary Jane. I support your popcorn triangulation, Mike. I'm sorry that I was so um, dismissive and surprised by it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to get to the news? Yes. Let's get to the news this week. What did you find? It is a tight elk news this week from DCist. Uh, the Grublick is that we are reporting that. Oh, wait a minute. I what? just thought of why I was playing that popcorn game. Oh, okay. Because I was because I saw Doctor Strange yes. and he's always doing his little hand tuts with his like geometric finger magic okay. and I absolutely know that my subconscious was doing Doctor Strange popcorn triangulation. That uh. is exactly why I, that fucking shit happened because Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. uh, came Bobby into Cumberbooch? Boomberdoo Cumberbum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bumbershoot Cumberbun uh, came in and fucking infiltrated <laughs> my mind. 
Okay. That's so you exactly were it. Trying to open portals to other realities with your popcorn grabs is what you're saying. Yes. Your stoned brain. <laughs> you're like, what other reality will I end up in if I get 18 pieces of popcorn all jammed together perfectly? <laughs> oh, God, if I get 17, I'm really fucked. I'm done. <laughs> awesome. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Are we ready for Grub Gazette? What do you got? Okay. So this is from DCist, uh, DCist.com, from a great reporter named uh, Martin Ostermule. And it is, the headline is that the DC Council has passed a bill stopping employers from punishing many workers for personal marijuana use. So the D.C. Council on Tuesday gave unanimous final approval to a bill that largely prohibits employers from punishing, firing, or refusing to hire people who use cannabis or test positive for the drug. Um, It reflects the reality that in many jurisdictions, D.C. included, that uh, weed may already be legal for recreational and medical use and that employment laws are just lagging behind. And it's joining places like New Jersey, which adopted similar protections for workers last fall, Nevada, which implemented a version in 2020, and New York State, which last year went one step further and banned all pre-employment testing for marijuana, which is awesome. So in 2019, the D.C. Council had passed legislation protecting government workers, and now this is um, going to cover any workers in D.C., and it will head to Mayor Muriel Bowser and will have to be funded before taking effect, which... um, you know, it's just the next step, but it looks like it's it's a thing. So if you live and work in D.C. and you are a cannabis user, either a medical patient or a recreational consumer, you will be protected under D.C. law. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Which 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 means like you can be open about it as well. Well, I do don't you th- know. Like, do you think it's OK to just be like, I, I smoke it- weed? Or do you think it's like you can't test me and I can't be fired, so I should just live my life? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it says that it will prohibit employers from punishing firing or refusing to hire people who use or test positive for cannabis. So hopefully Great. this means that you'll be able to be open about your use for can of cannabis. Um, I, that would be fucking awesome. It would. But you know, as an employment law goes, like at the very least it'll offer protection to people, you know, should they be applying for a job, they won't be able to be, um, refused because of their, um, you know, if they're testing for drugs or whatever, because yeah. of the cannabis use. Huge. And I also yeah. think there was a, a article we read on here about, um, if you're a cop in some city or state um, and you're off duty, that is New Jersey. And New Jersey you- off duty police officers were promised protection for, um, yeah, personal use on their personal time. But then there was some pushback against that. So I guess we should look into that because I know that there were some, um, you know, officials who came out against it and they were like, how can we possibly say this? You know, of blah, course. I mean, blah. there's always going to be pushback. I think that the exciting thing about this too is that there's an article, another article. Um, that maybe we'll touch on in a future episode about the Biden administration trying to clarify um, their questioning upcoming interns in interviews about Mm -hmm. cannabis use Mm -hmm. because they were like, we're going to legalize cannabis. And then they fired all those fucking interns for being open about their cannabis use. And then they were like, ugh. And now because the midterms are coming, they're really trying to figure out what their position actually is and clarify it. And so there's a lot of wishy-washy bullshit coming out of the top top. So it's very cool at state levels that people are just making choices. Yeah, we're going to see a lot of flipping and flopping and squipping and squirming in this uh, midterm election year. Uh, So let's pay attention and keep all of those uh, officials, you know, accountable and air them out uh, if they're not doing the right thing. Uh, I am wearing my sticker today because uh, I just voted in the California primaries and I'm really looking forward to voting again in the fucking midterms. And I hope that everyone listening is uh, registered to vote. (laughs) 
<clears throat> Absolutely. And if you live in a state where cannabis is not legal yet, um, I'm doing dry June. I got clear pee. Hit me up. I will mail you my piss and then you can <laughs> smoke for days. Gross. Let me know. I'm doing what? What's a good OnlyFans for that? No, 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 no. I don't, nope. never mind. Nope. That, that's <laughs> nope. where you take videos of it. Yep. Uh, hit me up. <laughs> yeah. I just want to say, too, uh, under this bill, um, there are some significant exceptions. It doesn't apply to employees who are caught using or possessing marijuana on the clock. Uh, it doesn't apply to anyone who works for the federal government or federal contracts, obviously, because weed is still illegal under federal law. So that's fucking unfortunate. It doesn't apply to workers in safety sensitive positions like police or security guards, construction and utility workers. And it doesn't apply to people who are caregivers. I think that's so reasonable, to well, be honest, at yeah. least on the clock. Right. I mean, you know, it it should apply. like if you if you are using cannabis, uh, if you're a medical patient and you're using it just like you would use any other prescription, you know, like Xanax or, or benzodiazepines or fucking opiates for pain or, right. you know, heart medication, like all of the things that people do use cannabis for to control, um, as, as medicine, you know, you can, you can use cannabis and be a construction worker if you're using it in that way, just like you would use an opiate for your, your fucking back pain. Right. So I guess a you're really way to go. making me ask the question though, about like, if I wanted to hire a caretaker to take care of my like elderly parents who went on home. Right. Or construction worker who's using that bulldozer outside of my place. Right. Like, off the clock. Yeah, all day, every day. Mm -hmm. But off the clock is, I think, what I'm saying. Sure. You know what I mean? But the tricky thing is, back pain and all those things, that's a 24-hour deal that somebody is popping something for to work. Yeah, I take so a, I take a clonopin in order to stay calm uh, in my very high stress job dealing with uh, seniors who have dementia, for instance, right. or whatever it is. Whatever I don't know is. because obviously I don't work in those fields, but I just think there's that interesting gray area of cannabis use that, you know, uh, as, as we continue to move towards legalization at a state and federal level, um, that we continue to do the research on, you know, what it means to use uh, cannabis responsibly in a way where you can still perform all of the duties that you're doing on the clock and off. Yeah. And through that research, maybe because that does seem like a long-term and short-term solution, that's when we can start isolating different things within the plant where maybe you can have non-psychoactive back pain relief Sure. capsules right like that would be yeah i think it's a really tricky topic though to start saying like the, because there are a lot of bills that do come online where they're like well we'll just make it not psychoactive um and that'll be fine and you know thc as the psychoactive component component and it is so crucial to activate some of the other cannabinoids for maximum benefits so i don't know it's a slippery slope to have the conversation where you're like we'll just take this thc out of it and then it'll be safe right um and that also allows people to like pass like micro legalization bull like it, you're right. all you're dismantling something that has big sweeping like pot uh positive implications right and then you're dismantling it to like pick and choose little things instead of addressing the whole right and talking about it as like holistic plant medicine yeah you can take part of it but not all of it i don't know it's just interesting uh to keep following but this is great news out of dc about this bill that's gonna protect workers absolutely and hey yo hit me up for that pee i got uh quart deals i got pint deals and i got like vial deals which is just a little little squirt great yep free shipping uh, cool, Mary Jane. What else is happening? I'm going to let you just sit with that. You take it next. <laughs> Whatever you want to talk about, go on. I had some amazing pizza in Vail. And I just want to shout out Colorado for a second because it was my first time ever there. Um, I'd never been there before. And actually, we're going to talk about 
Colorado uh, at the end for my butt of the week this week. Okay. But um, I just want to shout out all of Colorado and the Vail Comedy Festival. <laughs> just the whole state? The whole goddamn state. Every corner, every First inch. First to legalize along with Washington in 2012. There you fucking go. Mm-hmm. And it was so cool to tour around. Uh, I, d- I performed in Denver, Colorado Springs, and Fort Worth. And then flew back here and then did the Vail Comedy Festival. And Vail was like beautiful and weird because it's this little bubble that it feels like a wealthy mall it i don't is know how else to describe super wealthy it. town right yeah with terrible art you know you know like the kind of art where there was a marilyn monroe print in okay. a very big fancy frame for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. yay right yay. and it was like it was like fake pop art andy warhol marilyn monroe sure for somebody to put in their place right it, more, where did you see this in Vale at one of the art galleries there uh-huh. so oh you know what it is it's got to be a money laundering thing or however that shit works in, mo- in shows <laughs> like billions and successions where you like have to buy a piece of shitty art uh-huh. to not pay taxes sure. that's got to be what it is right totally. yeah rich people just like use art as the commodity to just move their money around yeah yeah who cares if it's Marilyn or Warhol, whatever whatever here's two million dollars for your bad sculpture of a balloon dog yeah exactly that was it there was like a weird geode that looked like it weighed half a ton Mm -hmm. and it was like a million dollars and it was like who's buying that who's who's like flying a veil and being like okay but if they do have a geode i think we should talk about it right i think we should really consider a large geode for the foyer yep (laughs) it's there in veil if you want it (laughs) fucking yeah um but it was such a great time and also shout out to chuck warner um who is the founder of cannabis and tech today and innovation. And um, he came to watch me perform. He came to celebrate the whole festival. He might be involved in the future. Uh, Go Tampa Bay Lightning as we record this because they're in the uh, conference finals, Mm -hmm. possibly going to the cup. And he's a big Tampa fan. And I fuck with Tampa too, ever since they had Martin San Luis. And, uh, And yeah, it was just great to see Chuck. And if you're a comedian and you listen to this, and you're looking for a really great festival to be a part of next year, Vail Comedy Festival does it right. They put us up for free. They took care of all of us. And the pizza was thin. Okay. The sauce was spicy and sweet. The cheese was pulley. And it was available until 2 a.m. Oh, see, that's key. L.A. is such an early town. No, nothing available after like 10 o'clock. You got to have the 2 a.m. pizza available, especially in a ski town where you can get great weed. Yeah. Like the best weed in the country, arguably. Colorado versus California. I think a lot of people would come down on the Colorado side. I'm leaning that way. Everything mm-hmm. um, in Vail, I brought all my own stuff to share with everybody. Right, who can afford the weed in Vail? Yeah, it was, <laughs> it's the price of the art. It's another yeah. way to move your rich money around. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. An ounce in veil is a uh, three million dollars. Yeah, great. <laughs> Cash great. only. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the in um, the the weed in Colorado was fucking great, and I didn't know what to expect because. I don't know, man. You know, I don't want to be an elitist, snobby dude, but I really do love weed. And when I try it, I always just want to say that it's great no matter what because sure. I'm high with people I like. But it was fucking great. Yeah. It was awesome. Good. And then, yeah, like you said, like the problem with LA or probably a lot of places is like you almost have to buy a pre-meal late night meal mm-hmm. for your munchy situation. Yeah. Not and in Montreal. I'll tell you that much. Really? That place is going all the fucking time. Could yeah. I get like 2 a.m. poutine there? You can get 4 a.m. poutine. What? They're actually, and they are actually floating legislation to keep places open 
all night. You can go to a bar at six in the morning, roll out and get a fucking, you know, smoked meat sandwich at the deli across the street. Oh. Montreal is it. I was like in LA, I'm like a hamster. I'm like putting, I'm like putting pepperoni in my lip. Like it's dip to like save it for later. Yeah. Cause you're like, Oh God, it's eight 30 and everything's shut down. <laughs> I will say like, uh, just to go back to Montreal for a second, the weed scene in Montreal, I, w- I was so happy to see a friend of mine who I talked to a long time ago when I was doing a high times article about the Canadian cannabis market. And he was a weed dealer and he, I interviewed him and I was like, what do you think is going to happen when everything goes legal, which in Canada happened in 2019 and at the time he was like it's gonna be fine the black market's gonna thrive I'm not worried at all and I saw him and he was like yo I was so wrong the Canadian cannabis market has totally crushed the legacy market he was like any of my friends who were in it just doing their own thing are out of the business there was no way for them to make any money and now everything is operated through this um province everything in Canada is run at the province level the provincial level which is akin to the state level in the U.S. and it's run through sort of similar to a liquor store so you actually need to go to this like provincial weed store and you go in I went to one and it's very um tightly regulated not much fun at all very much like a pharmacy experience and they had like some pretty good options and I bought uh some edibles and some tea bags and a little bit of flour but none of it was great none of it was super potent I couldn't check it out before I left the dispensary I wasn't thrilled with my weed my legal weed experience and I was excited about it being like accessible and like I just walked in off the street and I didn't need a medical recommendation and all that kind of stuff is fucking awesome but as far as the actual weed goes it was was kind of bunk fucking bummer so super bummer so I hope they sort that out in Montreal but um you know it was a good definitely great to have like late night food with um legal weed that's nice absolutely you know Uh, yeah you're making me wonder like would I take because it's it I don't I don't know we're not at a point in this country of being like I'll take what I can get like right. we're we're on our way up like we are dismantling we are climbing we are breaking down we are winning at like step by step increment by increment right but like there yeah would I if that was available to me would I just slowly take what I can get and go in and not overthink it and have a great time and move on with my life I think that's how most people feel about it and it's sort of like it leaves the people who really love cannabis a bit at a loss because a lot of the, you know, the people who are like, I'll just kind of take what I can get are the people who are like, you know, your average consumer who doesn't really care that much about, you know, terpene and cannabinoid profiles or, you know, they're like not canisters, right? Right. But like the people who really do care, who want to get their nose into it and then, you know, revel in the experience and really like, you know, like write down notes about all of the different, you know, the ways that they're tasting that weed uh, they're not going to have a great time with the, you know, the current Canadian situation. And I will say that like the more I hear about legal cannabis in that sense, like grown by huge companies, like the Canadian cannabis companies are just fucking behemoths, you know, and a lot of them are investing in the U S market now. Like Canopy and places like yeah, that. Yeah. And Aurora. And so, uh, I think that model will probably come to the U S especially with federal legalization and the same thing will happen on, on the U S market. And I'm not a fan, like, you know, remember when we were talking to Chef Roy Choi about monoculture and how dangerous it is that, you know, the genetic pool, when big ag comes in, it really takes out like the small craft farmers who are growing like the heirloom 
uh, genetics, right. same thing is going to happen to weed. So, you know, we need to make sure that the craft cannabis farmers are still protected and that we all have the right to grow our own. And we bang this drum on here all the time. But like, yeah. we don't want big weed to come in and take out all of the fucking awesomeness of the little guys. 100%. Yo, that is exactly why. Let's... Go to New York. Yeah. Let's go back to that place that will remain nameless where they were pulling out old school single popped seed from a go that has been pure. And they're yeah. like, smell this, taste that, smoke this. And it was like nerds, nerd, <laughs> nerd weed shit that was like, like you said, not monoculture, but like deep the opposite preservation of, of, you know, historic strains that mm-hmm. are not going to get monocultured as long as there's people out there like blank and blank and also blank at that place in blank, New York, blank. <laughs> You're just trying to sound cool. No, I'm not. I just don't <laughs> want to like, you know, I don't, right. I don't want to, I don't want anyone who's not cool to, sure. to make things not cool. Sure. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sober. It, it's hard. This yeah. is a tight elk, Mary it's Jane. It's a tight elk. I'm, I wish I was so fucking high right now. Yeah. I wish I was high. I wish that after this, I was going to have a glass of wine and a hamburger mm-hmm. and some fries and some kind of like dip situation. And I'm really going to try and be disciplined for this next 30 days. Yeah. But what is it? The seventh? Yep. Okay. So it's been one week. Okay. It's been. <laughs> <laughs> And, and you know, I'll take it, I'll take it, I'm going to break, you know how I have to do Dry June. Yeah. I got to break it into one episode down, three to go. Right. That's the way that I'll get through this. Good call. Good call. Yeah. Also, you know what's going to happen at the end of that month. Your tolerance is going to be fucking, you're, you're going to have like, you're going to smoke one joint and you're going to be like a kid. Oh, that's going to be awesome. You'll be floating around on little clouds going, wee, wee. <laughs> I'll give you a 10 milligram edible and I'll be like, here is the couch. And you'll be like, ah, la, 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 la. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Oh, wait. So then can, when I break dry June, mm-hmm. can we record an episode that day? Yeah, absolutely. And see how it goes. July 1st? July 1st. That's Canada Day. Is it really? Yeah. It's all coming together, baby. <laughs> For sure. I would love to record an episode with you on Canada Day and just smoke a big fat joint with you and uh, giggle our asses off. Awesome. And be back to the back to a moose. Turn oh. that tight elk around. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, can I tell you about something cool that I learned while I was trying to avoid my mother in Newfoundland? Yeah. Okay. So the Swedish botanist Carl Linnaeus is the one who was responsible for first identifying cannabis, cannabis sativa, cannabis L sativa. He also made a thing that I'd never heard of. Have you ever heard of the flower clock? No. Okay, so he was a Swedish botanist um, who obviously had an incredible garden, and he created a flower clock based on the times of day that various flowers opened and closed. So like... You know, uh, a morning glory would open at 8.30 in the morning and close at 3, and a rose would open at 10 in the morning and close at 5, and he made an actual full clock based on opening and closing times of various flowers. And I looked into it, and it's like, I don't know, I just thought it was the neatest thing in the world. Is it shaped like a clock where a certain type of flower is at each number? Or is it the idea behind if this flower opens and closes, that's how we know what time? Either way, this is fucking incredible. So I'll just read a little bit about it. It was a garden plan that would take advantage of several plants that open or close their flowers at particular times of the day to accurately indicate the time. He discovered and developed the floral clock in 1748, building on the fact that there are species that open their clothes at set times of day, proposed the concept, and then um, he described how various um, 
flowers would like have different t- uh, I'm just repeating myself but anyway basically I just wanted to talk about the flower clock because I was like awesome. I've never heard of it and I thought it was so beautiful and cool that you could like so here here's a list of some flowers there's um, goat's beard opens at 3 a.m. for instance um, the false sow thistle opens at 6 a.m. Um, spotted cat's ear opens at 6 a.m. a white water lily opens at 7 a.m. and then it also has closing times for all of these um I don't know. I just thought it was so beautiful that you could build an entire clock based on what time flowers open and close. And I wanted to nerd out about it with it's you. It's fucking gorgeous. Isn't that cool? It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Like the way that you're holding your heart as you were saying it <laughs> is is real. You know, that's yeah. a real deal situation. I just thought it was nice. Oh, that's so cool. So you look out there and you're and somebody's like, Mary Jane, what time is it? And I'm like, oh, the mouse ear hawkweed is open, but the scarlet pimpernel is closed. So it must be 1145. <laughs> oh, that's fucking cool. <laughs> That's so cool. I'm late. How do you know? Well, the hawkweed isn't open, but the Iceland poppy is blooming. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Fuck, I gotta go. That's amazing. The fucking planet is amazing. You know, I mean, I think that's one thing that I was really thinking about, too, when I was home, because my dad is so present in the house that I grew up in, and all of his stuff up in his study and his notes and you know, how, how he observed the world and, and my sister too, and just missing both of them and thinking about how they were so connected to the earth. And, and I feel so connected to them when I am in nature and how important that is. And, um, you know, just constantly reminding myself of that, like, that's where I feel best and happiest. And I just saw a post from, um, Michael Symbiote, I think, is the handle. A great follow. If you follow Oakland Hyphae. Is this after, on Instagram? Yeah, after our uh, interview with Reggie Harris, go check out some of the people that Reggie also follows. And Michael Sim, I think it's pronounced Symbiote. But anyway, uh, great follow on Instagram. Another mushroom activist was talking about how they have winnowed their time down on social media to like 15 minutes a day because the information feed that is coming into our brains on a daily basis is like thousands of times what our grandparents would have had. Oh, wow. The amount of information and data that is actually coming into our eyes from looking at computers and smartphones is literally thousands of times what we were set up to process just as like animals. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I think like that something in that just is making me really... Right now, especially at this crazy fucking time in the world, just like put down the fucking screens, get out into the nature, go for the big hike. 100%. stuff. And it's making you feel great. So much healthier, so much better. Cool. Because I saw you on the beach a lot. I know you were posting about it on Instagram. I'm not coming at you for that <laughs> totally though i totally was but you know what i mean yeah but you I were did like, post on instagram that i was on the beach yeah, yes but it also looked beautiful and your dog looked happy mm-hmm. our, our very special guest last episode so yes. like right you know there was a that makes me think of two things one is i do feel like the symbiotic relationship between man and machine is coming and i might not see it in my lifetime but we will be Neuralinked. We will have machines inside of us. Like I think we, we will be. Do. I, I think know. We're there. I know. I know. I know. But like, I think it's like well beyond whatever is now. Mm-hmm. And so I do feel like there is something. I'm kind of excited about it because it feels inevitable. Where it's like all those thousands of gigabytes of data coming in are also building our brains in a way that is going to be able to combined with machines in a way that otherwise maybe the machine would take control like i as far as our evolution as our mind is concerned i do think that 
it's happening. So our generational brains coming down the line will be able to handle all of that so much better than us because mm-hmm. it's it is what it is. Okay, you know, and so like when we do have that chip in our fucking lobe and a you know scanner in our eye and a laser pointer in our index finger, um, our our genetic makeup will be ready to handle that. That's okay. my hope. I uh, it's good hope to have. You know. Yep. Yeah. You'll find me in a in a inside a tree. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I'll be dead by then anyway, because it's like, yeah. No, but like, long you know. Long from now. Long, yeah. long, far, far away time. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying that you shouldn't, you know, write calligraphy poems in a tree, I'm but I am saying. just going to eat mushrooms inside a tree. And yeah. Well, maybe that should be a federal regulation when it comes to like man-machine symbiotic relationships. Is that like one month a year, all machines are shut down and you have to eat a handful of mushrooms and hang it outside yeah. you know like there has to be like <laughs> government be... regulation of like nature acceptance right yeah that... it would be a positive version of the purge exactly yeah yeah once everyone has to swallow a heroic dose of mushrooms go the fuck outside yep your fucking retina scan is turned off and you're gonna have to look at the world breathe mushroom day love it <laughs> we should write that i support it yes yeah. we should instead of the purge it's called the surge yes yeah Ah, love it. That's a good idea. Yeah. 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 One month, no machines. All machines are shut down. One month? One month a year sounds even better than one day. I think one month. How about just all the time? Oh, I see what you're doing. I <laughs> would <laughs> just permanently get rid of all machines. Oh, fuck. There was also a theory. Um, it's not even a good theory. Yeah, I'll say it. Um, okay. When I used to listen to the Nerdist podcast, Chris Hardwick's podcast, it was like one of those first podcasts that ever came out. It was like him and Mark Maron. And so it was all these celebrities. And I was in, I think, I can't remember what year of college it was, but um, I, you know, I'd never seen a celebrity before. And I am hearing two celebrities talk. And something Chris Hardwick said that I always thought was interesting was because of how many screens we're looking at all the time and how much light is getting in there, there was this guy who hypothesized that. Um, those big pictures of aliens that you see in black lights with the big eyes and the long things uh-huh. are actually us <laughs> millions of years from now because the eyes are so big to take in all of the light and information and all of those screens at one time and slow, slowly but surely possibly our eyes are getting wider and elongating to accept the world the screen world that is around us and is inescapable. Sure. I don't know. I always think about that as like a possible inevitability. Yeah. Have you seen AI? Uh, The movie? The Spielberg movie? I've actually never seen it. Oh, yeah. There's there's a whole thing about that at the end. No shit. Yeah, kind of, if I remember correctly. AI is the one... um, Haley Joel Osment. Yes. Yeah, and Jude Law as an android. It's actually really good. Yeah? Yeah. Can I watch it sober? No. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would say that for any movie, you know. (laughs) Gotta be high. Sorry, Mike. I know. It's dry June with no uh, n- no movies. No movies. Yeah. This is the time for me to go outside as well then. You should go outside. Word. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I see what you're doing. <laughs> I'm falling for it left and right. Oh, man. Um, well, I wanted to talk a little bit about some uh, wonderful stuff that's going on for Pride because there are some friends of the pod that I just wanted to shout out, especially Stone Road. So we're a big fan of Stone Road Cannabis, and they are um, celebrating Pride Month by giving back um, with a limited edition pre-roll collection. And th- th- this is just so great. They've got this limited edition um, line of three pre-rolls uh, in three flavors called Drag Brunch, Su- Sugar Zaddy, and Grinder and Chill. And the proceeds are going to support queer youth 
through um, a group called New Alternatives NYC. 10% of their June profits are going to support the group, which uh, is reducing, committed to reducing homelessness amongst LGBTQ plus youth in New York City by addressing areas critical to their well-being, including housing, employment, education, and physical and mental health. Um, so if you are anywhere where you can pick up some Stone Road, check out their Love is Love Pride pre-roll collection. That's awesome. awesome. And they also have just beautiful artwork to go along with it. They hired creatives to make this whole campaign around the Love is Love collection, and the artwork is gorgeous. Check out their Instagram. Uh, yeah, Stone Road, they're just, they've got the best cannabis, too. They're, all of their um, products are delicious. They are. And it's, man, I remember the first... Pl- place i moved to after koreatown um in like mid hollywood and at that time they were building the lgbtq ai plus center um because homelessness was so rampant um i think it was amongst the trans community um just just like anybody who's not a straight white dude like me at large and the homelessness was fucking crazy and now that place is built and there's Mm -hmm. like a safe place for all of these people to go so like yo if you can support a place like stone road who is doing those things Man, homelessness is probably like one of my number one voting policy issues. Mm -hmm. It is fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. It's a crisis. Yeah. uh, That needs to be addressed. Absolutely. So it's amazing that Stone Road is giving 10% back uh, to NYC Alternatives with this. And uh, I also just wanted to shout out another brand that is doing some work for visibility for the queer community with a campaign, um, Can. Uh, the infused beverage paired up with weed maps and they released this like star studded campaign with a uh, video with like um, Patricia Arquette. It was Whoa, the really? wild because we just most recently saw her in Severance as Mrs. Cobell. And then here she is in this video looking fucking fierce and amazing in pink latex and Sarah Michelle Geller and um, a bunch of drag performers from RuPaul's Drag Race. And it's just a really cool, fun, poppy video. Um, and it's just bringing, you know, visibility to the um can the fact that can is a queer founded brand and you know they're they're shouting out uh pride with this track that's called taste so good um so check it out it's a it's a lot of fun cool so um support can as well well i don't know like they're they're supporting the gay community i don't know exactly what they're doing uh as far as uh proceeds go for you know giving back like i have to imagine they're doing quite a bit yeah yeah they're i mean they're they're definitely promoting their super fun new flavors they've got a bunch of like they released new flavors with this video uh with can light which is um i'm sure delicious because i love their regular line they've got now they've got honeydew mint cloudy apple rhubarb tangerine hops and golden citrus bark oh those are summer sips they sound great and the music video is really fun and it's like you know just yeah, great for pride. Fucking cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Really nice. Um, and then I also wanted to direct everyone's attention if you if you want to read some interesting uh, writing about the connection between the modern marijuana movement and um, LGBTQ culture, there is an article on GentlemanToker.com written by my butt of the week, who I'll get to in a second, about uh, celebrating the connection between cannabis culture and the uh, LGBTQ plus movement. Before you dive into it? Uh-huh. Link in the show description? Yes. Great. Yeah, we'll link it. And, uh, you know, just about how, you know, you can trace uh, modern 
um, marijuana activism all the way back to the 60s and 70s um, and the hippies in NorCal and Brownie Mary, who uh, gave her medicated brownies to AIDS patients and Dennis Perone, who was the gay activist, who was really the uh, you know main person who was the drive between Proposition 215, which was the nation's first medical marijuana law. And so it's, a, it's an interesting look going all the way back to that and you know just uh, sort of tracing the connections through the 80s all the way up to today. Is Dennis Perone instrumental yes. in legalization, but it started with HIV and AIDS patients? So Dennis Perone was the founder of the first um, medical marijuana dispensary, the San Francisco, uh, I believe it was called the San Francisco Compassionate Care Club. Um, so he was, you know, taking care of his community, the gay community in San Francisco during the AIDS crisis, as well as Mary Jane Rathbun, who was Brownie Mary, but giving her medicated brownies to patients. They were both arrested numerous times and raided. And, the, you know, they just went to bat for their community to provide relief through cannabis. So yeah, absolutely instrumental. And then, you know, one of the architects of Prop 215. And also a supporter, um, Dennis Perone supported Prop 64. He died soon after it went into effect. Um, but, you know, it, it, it wouldn't be, um, we wouldn't have the movement that we have today without Dennis Perone. Wow. Or the gay community wow. in general. Yeah. Yeah. Read the article. Yeah, I'll, I'll link that. I mean, there there's so many resources to read about uh, all of the work that the gay community has done for medical marijuana and, and, and you know, the current modern cannabis community um but this is a uh, most recent one that i'm really proud to shout out because it's it's really well done awesome yeah. i like how weed centric this episode is yeah we're really digging into things that we care about <laughs> when it comes to the canna community i'm very fucking happy with that well should we get to buds of the week then absolutely okay do you want to just roll right in because yeah. it's directly tied to that gentleman toker article yes it is uh my bud of the week is the author of this article uh blick who goes by pleasant pheasant on instagram it's at pleasant dot pheasant dot dc blick is a canna journalist and brand designer. Um, their handle on Gentleman Toker is uh, Cyrus Montana. And uh, Blick is a great follow on IG. And you can check out their articles on Gentleman Toker. And, um, you know, just proud to proud to continue to work with Blick and other awesome people, both at Gentleman Toker and, you know, in, in the gay community at large. Like it's, you know, since working at High Times, many years ago and I realized there was that connection and like so much of the compassionate care that was happening with cannabis was uh, about and for the LGBTQ community. Um, I think that that's just something that I have always been um, committed to like continuing to make sure that like we talk about and right. that, you know, all of the, all of the people like you and me, like the straight white people who continue to benefit from weed, like continue, like point back at it and keep moving it forward and saying like, these are the people, these, this is a huge reason. This community is a huge reason that we have what we have. And so when the suits come in and the corporations show up, uh, that representation and a stake in the profits should go to the communities who have used it and moved it forward first and foremost, including, uh, you know, the LGBTQ community and obviously all the communities of color. You make me think of if there was a a real weed museum, like the this would be the Tyrannosaurus, right? Like this would be the T-Rex in the middle of the place because this is like <laughs> the most important part 
know of if it the would museum. be a T-Rex, but something. Yeah. I know it's a bad example, and I know what, I know what I'm comparing. But I think, like, you know, if if there was like a weed history museum, right? This this is it would what be, the be central the exhibit, center. exactly. Yeah. And I knew before I said it that it would be poor as an example, but I I know what I mean by it. Yeah. It it would be it would be the central. I mean, it would be the hall that you would walk through to get to everything else. Right. Exactly. I think you're totally right in that. Like, yeah, if we were to walk into the weed museum the you know you go through like the 3000 years ago and 2000 years ago and then into modern activism like this is the hall we find ourselves in it started with the gay community in um california and elsewhere and they are why we have what we have as far as marijuana legalization goes yeah fucking cool Great butt of the week. And happy fucking pride, everyone. Happy fucking pride, everyone. My butt of the week this week is on Twitter at Go1Ask1Alice. The ones are the number. Go1Ask1Alice. Um, man, I'll tell you what. I'll just read it. Can, this is for my 300th episode. Congrats to my Smoke Sesh Dream team. Happy for you both. We've been through a lot together. I was privileged to be a butt of the week in the early days, struggling to be an advocate in Texas. Now, cancer-free to be me in Colorado. Laughed much, learned much, cried a little, love the videos. Happy 300. <laughs> Yo, go one, ask one, Alice. Um, thank you for being a Hall of Fame bud yeah and i and that even feels a little bit like not enough just thank you thanks for rocking with us thank you for rocking with us um fucking cancer free heck yes fucking amazing that's a that's a hell of a journey and um yeah like big fucking hugs and awesome and thank you for sharing that too truly and um i hope you are finding whatever weed it was that i was smoking in colorado is also in your pocket (laughs) and on your dresser and in your living room because ooh we shout out colorado and texas we'll get there and then maybe the three of us will smoke in texas together like that would be a nice little roundabout way of saying like yeehaw yeehaw yeah or we'll just never go to texas again and only smoke in colorado (laughs) (laughs) because fuck that place (laughs) you know like i do know fuck that place right now a lot and not fuck the people who live in texas who feel like misrepresented by the fucking dickwads who are in power but fuck that place they are rescinding rights they're fighting against trans rights they're fighting against reproductive rights they are fighting against your rights so if you live in texas fucking vote because fuck that and fuck those people and you deserve better you deserve access to fucking great weed both medicinal and fucking adult use you deserve like access to legal abortions you deserve access to fucking safety for your children if they're trans you deserve you know medical help if you're trans like no texas just a big slap on the fucking bonk on the nose with some newspaper for those fuckwads fucking right yeah well i'm so glad that uh alice as our butt of the week has like opened that up for you to fucking shout it at the top of your lungs yeah I damn get, right mary no, jane you know i don't know i'm yeah it, it just it feels like crazy because it's um y- yeah i feel like they're doing a great job of getting us so mad that we don't know what to talk about, you know, and then you get sort of paralyzed. So sorry, (laughs) all games spilling out. Uh, Anyway. That's what it's for. Yeah, that's what we're here for, I guess. Thanks for that. You want to go eat some Canadian candy? Yeah, I brought home so much Canadian chocolate. So this tight elk would be uh, well served by finishing with some coffee crisp. All right, let me get you a coffee crisp. Thanks. Wind out. (laughs) Um, we have so many, thank you, 
great things coming up. We have just booked a couple of really exciting guests to be in the Top Tree studio with us. Mm -hmm. And we are going to be banking some hot eps because Mike is going to be on tour in some cool fucking places oh, this summer. Can, let me, can I hit that? some dates? Yeah, let's yeah. wrap on that. Um, before, As we hit these dates and these plugs for ourselves, um, again, I just want to say, Alice, like, uh, congratulations and thank you so much. And... Um, Love you. And you brought home a bunch of chocolate from Montreal. And um, what are you having? What am I having? And I'll pull up my dates. I'm having a coffee crisp, which is a um, surprisingly not very coffee-like, but very crispy little Canadian chocolate that I love. It was my choice always when I was able to buy a full-size chocolate bar when I was a kid because it felt grown up because the coffee aspect. I was like, oh, I'm so fancy. I'm so fancy. it's delicious. Mm. And you introduced me to my very first turtle ever. This might be my new top choice. Twix may have fallen in the ranks. I hate to say it, but I don't hate to say it enough not to. Turtle might be my new number one chocolate. Twix, number two. All others, number three. Say what it is. A turtle is a classic... I love that there's French and... <laughs> You're like, how do I read it? Yeah, well, I almost read the French, and I was like, oh, I'm not getting canceled for that. It's <laughs> caramel with pecans coated in chocolate in like a kind of like a... They're like little... They look like turtles because of the nuts inside. They're like little lumpy kind of enrobed... Caramel and nuts enrobed in chocolate. Since 1949, Canadians have loved the irresistible combination of silky smooth caramel and crunchy pecans draped in rich chocolate. Yep, truth. So uh, thank you for all of this Canadian deliciousness. Also, I will say I'm so excited to go to Scotland because you were saying that the candy game over there is out of control in Europe. Um, All American candy, I, it, I think it might suck. It all just tastes like sugar. And this tastes like delicious chocolate. And this tastes like delicious pecans and caramel. Um, you're... I'll tell you what, you're opening up my chocolate mind yeah, in ways gonna, that I never expected. You're going to flip your American wig when you're in the UK. You're yeah. Gonna lo- yeah. Oh, man. I'm, gonna, I'm telling you. As someone who's addicted to sugar and loves to feed that addiction. You're going to be astonished at the amount of fruit and nuts that they can fit into one little chocolate bar. <laughs> it's going to blow your mind. <laughs> I'm very excited. Also, uh, where do we find weed in Edinburgh? Get at us, people. We Please need, get we at need us. Help because we can't travel with that shit. So we can't, and I'm not doing dry August in Scotland Hell performing no. every night. Yeah, no. Hit us up. Hit. Mm? <laughs> mm-hmm. Tell us where. Um, six nine is the what is that Thursday? Yes. Thursday. Thursday. I have three shows in LA: seven thirty, eight, and ten. Uh, I'm not going to say the locations. If you're in LA, go to my link tree and my Instagram. Uh, I'm in San Diego on the tenth. And then I'm in Tucson and Tempe on June 24th and 25th as part of the Gateway Show. I'll be headlining those shows. So if you're in Arizona, one, come to the Gateway Show. It's a great show. Uh, Two, come smoke with me and then watch me perform Stoned Out of My Mind. Oh, yep. That's the only exception to Dry June. Okay. Gateway Show on the 24th and 25th. Okay. So you just have to break it a little early. I got to do my job. Yeah. It's my job. It is your job. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. What a great job. What a great job. And then on the 9th, of July, I'm going to be headlining in Alaska to bring in 710, Oil Day. Land of the Midnight Sun. I cannot wait. Yeah. I'm going to smoke with a moose. It's going to be... I'm going to get that moose loose. It's going to be a loose moose under the midnight sun. That's just going to be light. You know, it's not going to be dark at all. Good. Yeah. I want to go for 72 hours in Alaska. I love that place. Great. Dry June and then break yourself. <laughs> <laughs> 
great. Um, and then if you happen to be overseas or you want to come overseas, I'm going to be performing in Scotland all of the month of August. And I think you're going to come through and kick it over there with me as well for I, a bit, right? Oh, man, I'm so excited. Um, yeah, I've got a whole plan. I think I'm going to fly via Iceland. Ooh. And then I'm going to go to Amsterdam. Ooh. So please come with me. To Amsterdam? Yes. Can you... I, I'm a little ashamed that I haven't been. As somebody who is who he is, Amsterdam is important. No shame. Let's go. Okay. You're right. Yeah. It's never too late to learn and grow. But yeah. Amsterdam is so important. We'll cycle around canals. We'll look at art and we will go to all the coffee houses. And I mean, listen, there's nothing like getting super fucking baked and going to the Vondel Park and seeing parrots. It's mm. wild. Yeah. Um. Uh-oh. He ate a turtle and now his mouth is stuck shut. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Maybe that's the thing we should end on, too. Mm -hmm. Let me know what your popcorn eating techniques are. And if you have any um, suggestions in Europe, I'm learning about that you can take a train anywhere for 50 bucks. Flights are cheap from city to city for, you know, $100 Mm -hmm. or pounds or euros. So, you know, if you have any things that you're like, I love this food, you got to go eat here, you got to go see this, Mm -hmm. um, please hit me with all of them because... This feels like maybe not a once in a lifetime opportunity, but this does feel like um, I want to make the most of it because I've never had the opportunity to do this before. Yeah, it's a first. Yeah. A bunch of firsts. Yeah. Very exciting. So there you go. Well, thanks for this moose, Mike. This was fun, like doing this in my living room with Archie snoozing at our feet and uh, a tight elk. <laughs> I Yeah. Uh, it was great. I'll get better. I'll get better. We'll both get better. We'll both get better. This I'm just is our journey, so used man. to like fucking getting ripped for these babies. I mean, I've gotten every shade of ripped and sometimes it's great and sometimes it's not. And I had a great time today. <laughs> so thank you. Right on. And um, we love you all. Happy Pride to all of you. And um, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>